Hi, my name is Selena Riverneider, and welcome to my podcast, Marked as Red. option on my Instagram story asking people what was one of their favorite things about fall, what's something that reminds them of fall, what's something that just always gives them fall vibes. And I then took all those responses because I got a lot of great ones, which was awesome, and I tried to come up with book recommendations that fit them. So among all the responses that I got, I figured I could break them down into a couple categories. The first category was cozy things. The second category was all things having to do with nature. And the third category was spooky things, Halloween things, my personal favorite part about fall. And by the way, this is something that I'm definitely going to do often. I really like to hear from my listeners, and hear the kind of things that they're looking for, meaning the kind of books that they want to get recommendations on, because I think that just makes my podcast a lot more personalized towards my audience, and that's ultimately what I want, is for it to be interesting specifically to my listeners. So, I'm going to do a lot of uh, questions and polls and song recommendations even on my Instagram stories that will then end up in my podcast and I'll give book recommendations for. So if you are listening to my podcast and you like it and you would like maybe a specific recommendation just for you, you should follow me on Instagram, which is at Selena Reads, and that should be in the description as well. So the first category that I came up with was Cozy Things. And some of the responses that I got for that were pumpkins, pumpkin-flavored things, apple cider donuts, candles, cozy clothes, and long sleeves. So I have a few recommendations for that. Most of them are romance books, which I didn't mean to happen. I don't think that, you know, you have to be, like, in a romantic situation to feel cozy during fall. That's not what I mean. I know, like, all the posts on Instagram and Twitter are coming up now about, like, cuffing season. That's not what I'm what I'm trying to promote. You can be cozy during fall and be single. Um, I just don't read a lot of books that are cozy, and the only ones that I've read recently that are remotely cozy, also happen to be romance novels. So the first recommendation that I have if you're looking for a cozy kind of book to read during fall is Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuinston. This is probably the best romance novel that I've ever read um, for a couple of reasons. One, the actual setting and plot are both interesting and not necessarily entirely centered around the romance. Also, the protagonist uh, is 
actually funny. I find that I'm actually invested in these characters and not just in their romantic development, which I think is something that often authors, when they're writing a romance novel, put all the effort into only developing the romance and not so much the characters. And in my opinion, when they do that, I could really care less about the romance if I don't care about the characters. So the basic plot is that there is a female president of the United States after Obama, and her son uh, is named Alex. He's in college, I think, I believe he's a senior in college, and uh, the royal family um, in the UK also has a prince around the same age as Alex, who's named Henry. They have a rivalry, essentially, um, both in reality and also in the tabloids, and, um, there's a royal wedding. Obviously, the, um, the first family goes to the royal wedding. Alex approaches Henry at this wedding. He's a little drunk and combative, and they end up getting into, like, I don't want to call it a fight, because it's basically, like, a wrestling match, but they're not actually trying to hurt each other, and Alex is drunk, and they knock over the very expensive royal wedding cake, and it basically, um, jeopardizes the entire American-British, uh, relations, and, um, as a result, both to save face in the press and to save face in the literal world stage, Alex's mother, the president, and their press team basically coordinate so that Alex and Henry can hang out and pretend to be friends to the press. So it's like the classic enemies to lovers story. It's funny. It's a genuinely good romance. Um, reading this book is like taking a direct, concentrated shot of serotonin. Um, so that, in my opinion, is what makes it cozy. It's just, like, a warm and fuzzy feeling in a book. Um, but it's also funny and, I think, kind of refreshing to read about. Like, if you want to pretend that America has had a female president um, after Obama and nothing that's actually happening is going on. So if you're looking for some nice cozy escapism this fall, which I'm sure a lot of people are, this is a good one. Another book that I would recommend is called 500 Miles From You by Jenny Colgan. So this is another romance book. I didn't love it because I found it to be kind of cheesy and predictable. So I wouldn't call this like a fantastic piece of literature like that shouldn't be what you're looking for when you pick up this book um it's basically like if someone were to type up a hallmark movie so there's a lot of tropes a lot of cliches very predictable um plot lines very predictable characters but uh i think that is what makes it so cozy is there's not a lot of surprises there's not a lot of dark or heavy topics. It's just kind of a cute story. 
the basic plot of this book is that there's a nurse in London named Alyssa and a nurse in Scotland named Cormac. Alyssa witnesses an accident and she develops PTSD from that. Her supervisor wants her to, you know, obviously get better and get away from the stressful environment that is the city of London. So she signs her up for this program where a nurse in the city basically switches with a nurse in the country and she and Cormac switch places. So Alyssa is in this really small town in Scotland, Cormac is in this big city, they're both out of their element and they're corresponding with each other about their patients and just Cormac is messaging Alyssa like why is everyone in London so rude and Alyssa is messaging Cormac like where can I find anything, where can I buy anything. So that's what I mean about the tropes. It's like every time someone writes a story about uh, someone from the country visiting the city, it's all those stereotypes like, why is everyone so rude? Why is everything going so fast? Why is everything so expensive? But the reason it's so cozy is it's such a cute romance story about Alyssa and Cormac communicating with each other and going from kind of standoffish and awkward to really looking forward to meeting each other and the ending is adorable. I'm not gonna say much more because I don't want to spoil it but again if you like Hallmark movies this is perfect. Okay this next book I personally have mixed feelings about. I didn't actually finish it. Um, I got far enough into it to get the general atmosphere of it though which is pretty cozy. I mean, okay, I'll just, I'll just get into it and explain why I don't love it later. So, another book that I would recommend is Call Me By Your Name by Andre Asiman. It's also a movie, you've probably heard of it. Okay, so the writing style is gorgeous, the setting is gorgeous, um, it's, the setting is Italy in the summer. I mean, I don't think it gets any cozier on a cold day than reading about Italy in the summer. Um, a synopsis of this book, um, there is a, uh, teenage boy who's living at home with his parents who are college professors. There is a college, actually, no, I think he's a graduate student living with this boy's parents on sort of like an exchange program, developing, you know, his writing and his research. Um, and the protagonist starts to fall in love. Okay, so here's what I didn't like about it. Um, as soon as they mentioned the age difference between the two romantic interests, which is, um, as they said in the novel, almost a decade, I kind of just immediately lost interest. Basically, all the descriptions of how attracted the protagonist was to Oliver, who's the um, visiting student, I just, they got weird. They felt gross. I felt like 
I was condoning something illegal by reading it and going, oh, wow, that writing is beautiful, mm, but mm, almost a decade age difference. And I don't, I may someday pick this book up again and finish it just for how beautiful the setting and the writing was, but um, at the same time, I just, I wanted to finish this book because it was so beautiful, but it just felt weirder and weirder as, uh, as it went on. And I don't know if this was meant to be key to the plot or there was some sort of symbolism in the age difference. I don't know. Personally, I don't really have a tolerance for that in romance novels. I actually will immediately not want to finish the book if I find out there's a large age difference. So, you know, read at your own risk if you're familiar with the story, if you've watched the movie and that didn't bother you, then go for it because it is definitely cozy. Um, if you're like me and will be immediately repulsed by that age difference, skip it, read uh, Red, White, and Royal Blue instead because that book is everything that Called Me By Your Name is not. The last book that I would recommend, which is not a romance, um, is called We All Looked Up by Tommy Wallach. This book, it's, it's kind of about the apocalypse, but it's not really about the apocalypse. If it were just about the apocalypse, I wouldn't recommend it for the cozy category. So basically, it's about a small town, um, and it follows a group of four high school seniors after the world finds out that there is an asteroid about to hit it and will inevitably end all of humanity. So what I remember actually being cozy about this book was how all the characters' relationships and the way that they interacted with each other changed in the face of, like, this impending doom, which I know doesn't sound very cozy, um, but this book felt nostalgic to me, even though when I first read it, this was before I was a high school senior. I think it did encapsulate, like, a lot of those feelings of waiting for change to happen and wanting to hold on to the people around you. So I think that sort of nostalgic feeling is what made it so cozy. The next category was all things nature. So a lot of people responded to things like the smell of fall, trail runs, crunchy leaves. Um, one of the best responses that I got when the leaves crunch, when you eat them. Um, I don't have a recommendation for that. Uh, I wish I did. Um, petrichor, which is the smell, like, right before or after it rains a lot. Trees changing color and the leaves falling. Crispy air carving pumpkins and walking along a tree-lined path and with all the leaves and the fall colors. So I have a few, like, specific recommendations for that category. So the first one is for trees, changing, and trail runs. I would recommend Winger by Andrew Smith. So this book is about a boy who goes to a boarding school, and he skipped a couple grades, so he's young for his grade. He's a little, a little bit of the odd one out. He's on a rugby team, but he also loves running and there's a lot of scenes in this book of him 
going on trail runs. And I think what Andrew Smith did a really good job of in this book is encapsulating what high school is like, and especially like the start of the school year during the fall. So for me, that is like the most reminiscent of those kind of vibes of trail runs and trees changing reminded me of the start of school and also of Winger because of all the scenes with trail runs. My next recommendation is for people who like, you know, the crisp air of fall. I would recommend The Raven Boys, which is by Maggie Stiefvater. So this book follows the story of a girl named Blue who lives in a house with her mother, her aunts, cousins, other female family members who are clairvoyant, and it starts off with her partaking in this yearly sort of ritual where she can see people who are predicted to die. So she then meets this group of boys who go to like the local, I guess prep school, like a private school, very elite. Um, Basically, one of their names is Gansey, and Blue had received a prophecy that she would be destined to fall in love with someone who's going to die, and that person ends up being Gansey. So she, Gansey, and his friends end up on this search for, like, a legendary, um magical area called a ley line and all the while blue is aware of this destiny that she has basically there's a lot of supernatural elements to this book i couldn't tell you what specifically about it does this but there's something about it that definitely does remind me of like the crisp air of fall and my last and favorite category spooky things, Halloween things. So the recommendations that I got for this, or rather the responses that I got for this, were witchcraft and seizing the means of production, which I, again, I don't know if I have an exact um, recommendation for that, but I wish I did. And all things Halloween, spooky movies, and decorations. So the first three recommendations that I have are ones that I actually recently read, The first is I'm Thinking of Ending Things by Ian Reid, which follows the story of a woman who is traveling with her boyfriend to go and meet his parents. So in the car ride there, she's thinking about how she's thinking of breaking up with him and she's not sure how to do it or if it's even the right decision to make. And as the story continues and she does meet his parents and then they are traveling back, the reality and the timeline of the book start to unravel and there are so many elements of it that are just slightly unsettling building on one another that I would say by page 20 or so when I was reading this book I felt myself feeling increasingly more and more nervous but being unable to tell what specifically And what I had just read was making me so nervous, and it only got worse as the book went on. 
So this definitely isn't your traditional scary book. I wouldn't necessarily even call it a horror, but it was so unsettling that I would categorize this under a book that would be great to read if you like all things that happen under the realm of spooky things during fall. The next two books are by the same author, Nick Cutter, and they are called The Troop and The Deep. So I actually read these one after another, and they were some of the best horror novels that I've ever read, to the point where I do not recommend these if you haven't really read any horror before and you're just looking to get into the genre because there's a good chance they will make you never want to read horror again. However, if you really enjoy horror and you've read a lot of horror books and you're looking for something that's decently scary, then I would recommend this. So the first book, The Troop, follows a group of Boy Scouts and their troop leader when they take a trip to a remote island, which is uninhabited. A man comes to the island on a boat. They don't know who he is, except for that he's very skinny, he looks sick, and he's literally trying to eat everything. Um, he eventually does die, um, and the troop leader, who is a doctor, is trying to investigate and figure out what is wrong with this man. It turns out um, what he has, I'm not going to go into detail because it will spoil it, it is very contagious, and all of a sudden, the whole troop, along with the troop master, they are in danger of this contagion, and they are also stranded on this island because not only is there a big storm coming, the only form of communication that they have, because none of them brought cell phones, is a radio which this man, who they don't know, smashed upon getting to the island. So what I found to be so scary about this book um, was both the body horror, it was very gory and visceral and nauseating, as well as the fact that the vast majority of the characters were children. And that was so upsetting to read. I think if this novel were of adults doing all of these awful things trying to survive, it would still be upsetting, but it would be nowhere near as upsetting as it was with the fact that they were like 12 to 14 year old boys. The next book by Nick Cutter is called The Deep. So the plot of this novel is that there is a global pandemic. Um, I don't know what it is with Nick Cutter and writing books about pandemics. Um, Anyway, there's a global pandemic which makes people forget, um, and it starts out with little things like where they left their car keys, um, things which wouldn't even really be noticeable. But then it becomes worse and they start forgetting the people around them, they start forgetting who they are, and then they start forgetting to do things like to eat, drink, even breathe, and it will kill them. So a group of scientists working with the military believe that they found the cure to this disease. Um, the catch is that it's at the bottom of the uh, Marianas Trench um, in this, and the only way that they can access it is in the scientific um, 
station, I guess, at the bottom. And, which, personally, I'm terrified of the ocean, especially the ocean that deep. Um, so I think this is a fantastic setting for a horror novel. Um, just the setting alone is upsetting um, without any of the awful things that actually happen down there. So it turns out this mysterious substance at the bottom of the ocean may not actually be benevolent and it's causing the people in this station to go insane. That's all that I'll get into with that. Um, this is another very body horror heavy novel. It's, in my opinion, not as bad as the troupe. Um, it definitely has a little bit more of like supernatural elements than the troupe does. Um, but it is very unsettling to read. So the last book that I will recommend is The Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman. So this book is spooky, but in a far less upsetting way. So if you're looking to read something spooky, but that isn't a horror novel and isn't disgusting like Nick Cutter's books, um, this is definitely a great one. It's about an orphaned boy who lives in a graveyard among all these ghosts who are raising him. So it definitely does have some like spooky elements, some supernatural elements, but the purpose of the book is not to be spooky and scary. It's much more of a book about like found family and childhood and growing up than it is a ghost story, for example. Um, so in this book, boy who's kind of ironically named nobody um was just a baby when his family was murdered he ends up being raised in a graveyard and i think what's interesting about this book is the ghosts and you know the supernatural beings who he interacts with some of them are good some of them are less so and in my opinion, that makes it so much more interesting than, you know, all the supernatural elements in the book are evil, or all the supernatural elements in the book are good. Um, Neil Gaiman, all in all, is a great author, and many of his books sort of have that element of, it's kind of like a spooky supernatural premise, but the content of the book itself isn't really scary. That's all that I have today. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Um, if you do like my content, you should follow me on Instagram at Selena Reads, and you can also find my YouTube channel under the same username where I talk about books more. Um, both of those accounts are independent and not affiliated with the Amherst Wire, and I am very excited to announce that in an episode coming soon, I will be interviewing Nick Cutter, the author of The Troop and the Deep, those two really upsetting horror novels, which I mentioned before, and I'm very excited about that. So if you want more information on that, about when that episode will be coming out, you should definitely follow me on Instagram. I hope that you enjoyed this, and I will see you soon. Thanks for listening.